Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for joining us today. My name is Julia Butter Fernandez, Investor Relations Director for Bitex. It is a great pleasure to welcome you to our first ever Investor Day. Today marks a special occasion as we celebrate Bitex's second IPO anniversary. We are thrilled to have you here as we share our vision for the future and updates on our initiatives. As management may make forward-looking statements about company growth, industry trends, and technology initiatives, I would like to remind you that these statements are based on current information and assumption. Exercise caution and refer to our Form 20F and other set filings for risk and uncertainties. We'll also discuss non-GAAP measures, which can be reconciled in our earnings press release on our investor relations website. Before we dive into our presentation, I would like to share our agenda for the day and present our management. Gerardo Thomas, our founder and co-CEO, will kick off the event by introducing Vitex and presenting our vision for the future. Following Gerardo's presentation, we'll have Fernanda Wyden, our Chief Technology Officer, and Renata Lorenz, our VP of Product. They will delve into our R&D efforts, and as well, they'll provide updates on our latest product launches. After Fernanda and Renata's presentation, we'll have a 15-minute Q&A session focused on the Vitex intro, R&D, and product presentations. If you have any questions, please Type them in the Q&A tab at the bottom right side of the screen. I'll be reading and posting the question to our presenting team. After finalizing this first segment, we'll have a quick five-minute break. After the break, we'll continue with Mariano Gomide de Faria, our founder and co-CEO, and Santiago Naranjo, our chief revenue officer. They'll discuss our market positioning and go-to-market strategy. Mariano will afterwards delve into our expansion plans in the U.S. and Europe. Will Santiago will present our status expansion efforts in Latin America, including Brazil. Following this segment of presentations, we'll have another 15 minutes QA session focused on our go-to-market and sales presentation. Remember, please, to submit your questions in the QA tab at the bottom right side of the screen. Then we'll have time for another quick break. Finally, when we return, We'll have the last segment where we'll welcome Andres Polidoro, our Chief Strategy Officer, and Ricardo Sodre, our CFO. Andres will discuss Vitex Capital Efficiency History and Future Trajectory, and Ricardo will comment on the latest financial updates, followed by the last 15 minutes Q&A session focused on capital efficiency and financial presentations. Wrapping up the call, Geraldo will share some final words. So, are you ready? Let's get started with our first segment on VTEC strategy, R&D, and product. We welcome Geraldo to the stage. Geraldo, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, I am, Julia. Thank you all for joining us today. It's a real pleasure to be here with you presenting VTEC. I'm going to do a quick recap of our story and then share with you a little bit of our vision. In this brief summary, I will recap several key points already presented during our IPO and the last two years. I gave a lot of thought, and we all gave a lot of thought, on the strategy we communicated to investors. And we're happy to say we continue to meticulously execute it. Following this, I will go deeper into our vision for the future of our company, providing additional insights. 
Vitex provides a software-as-a-service digital commerce platform to large blue-chip enterprises. Our customers are primarily brand manufacturers who want to go direct to consumers and retailers exploring new digital sales channels. We have been a leader in accelerating commerce transformation in Latin America, and we are expanding globally. At Vitex, we believe in a world where brands can be closer to the consumers, where VTEX can be the backbone for connected commerce. When we founded VTEX, we didn't create it based on what our customers wanted. We created based on what we believe they wanted. They needed, sorry. And what they needed was to start their digital transformation quickly without excessive overhead, and the ability to evolve, learning what works and what doesn't work in an agile manner. They also needed flexibility and customization to work in a scalable and efficient way for their enterprise complexities. My co-founder, Mariano, and I had had this vision over a decade ago, inspired by our experience building walmart.com.br e-commerce website in Brazil. We realized that instead of focusing on servers, development processes, and other technical aspects, uh, the project should have focused on increasing assortment and delivering faster to consumers. Since then, we have built the technology infrastructure to solve this problem. Our goal is to empower brands to stay relevant for the convenience-driven consumer in an efficient way. Today's consumers expect fast product delivery and the ability to find everything they need in one place. And seamless interactions across digital and physical channels. This sets a high bar for brands and retailers to stay relevant. And our team of experts at VTech with over 20 years of experience in digital commerce, are ready to stand side-by-side side with our customers to provide expert guidance on their transformative journey. Let me, give, let me give you an example to make it more tangible. In the past, companies were divided in stylus, e-commerce and brick-and-mortar operations. We believe this is no longer an option. Brand needs to think holistically about their operations to be closer to the consumer, and we can help them in connecting all the dots. We have many trusted customers, including Adidas, Whirlpool, Electrolux, Samsung, Unilever, and, um, and Avon, among others. For us, being able to partner with such high-quality and prestigious brands represents the ultimate validation of our technology. Our focus is on enterprises, and as a result, more than 85% of our revenue comes from online stores with at least $25,000 in AR. These online stores pay us an average of $138,000 per year, a substantial average ticket that reflects our enterprise focus. Let's look at some numbers. In the last 12 months, in the first quarter of 2023, we processed $13.3 billion in GMV 
and generated $165.2 million in revenue with a subscription gross margin of 73.4%. We currently have more than 2,600 customers with 3,400 stores across 38 countries. These figures demonstrate our solid financial performance and global presence. Going back to our timeline, despite our impressive growth, we have achieved all this with relatively little capital. We have had private investment rounds, but they were mostly secondary to clean up our cap table. The primary investment component in Chuvitex has been approximately $75 million, and about $10 million were paid back in dividends while we were private. So only a net of $65 million were really raised. By the end of 2020, we had $75 million in cash in our balance sheet. In 2021, we raised approximately $300 million in our IPO. And as of March 2023, we still had over $230 million in our balance sheet, even after executing an almost $20 million share buyback. All that leave, all that leave us in a very strong financial position, especially as we continue our journey towards profitability and cash generation. Now, Let's talk about the market landscape. Vitex operates in the massive and rapidly growing e-commerce market, with Latin America being the fastest growing region, currently at only 12% penetration. Vitex is the leader in e-commerce in Latin America, with 90% of our revenue coming from the region in 2022. We're the leaders. And we have figured out how to navigate the complexity of the latter market, giving us a competitive advantage. On top of that, we're expanding globally. The United States and Europe already represents 10% of our revenue. The global market is a massive opportunity with more than $6 trillion and double-digit growth projections. With our $13.3 billion in GMV, we're just scratching the surface of our potential. Mariano later will deep dive on, on this today. Stay tuned for that. In today's ever-changing market landscape, it's crucial to differentiate ourselves from the competition. Traditional legacy platforms, once dominant players, are now considered outdated providers that enterprise and retailers are actively seeking to migrate away from. On the other hand, emerging headless players offer flexibility but come with the complexity and high operating costs. Our differentiation lies in the efficient balance between customization and speed to market. We understand that enterprise and retailers require a platform that offers both flexibility and ease of use. With, for example, a seamless integrations of sales and fulfillment channels through omni-channels capabilities. Unlike traditional software providers that lack flexibility, a headless solution or headless solution that can be 
homeless and, and expensive, the taxi stand out by offering a composable and complete platform that combines the best of both worlds. Our composable technology allows us allow our customers to adapt our solution to their needs while benefiting from our core homogeneous multi-tenant platform. With our API-first and multi-tenant architecture, new developments and integrations automatically become available to our customers. We also have our development platform, Vtex.io, that ensures security, privacy, and scalability for business to grow. Developers worldwide choose us as their preferred platform for commerce, relying on our tool and environment to deploy, experiment, and evolve their digital commerce applications. Vitex's strong ecosystem of integrated solutions generates network effects, which is a powerful mode and hard to explain and hard to replicate. So now, how are we thinking about Vitex? At Vitex, our vision is clear to become the backbone of connected commerce, the platform that powers unified commerce experiences for businesses around the globe. Unified commerce means breaking down the barriers between online and offline channels, seamlessly integrating them into a unified customer experience. Today, I want to share with you our strategy focus and the key pillars that will drive our success in this ever-evolving landscape. Firstly, we're proud to be at the forefront of the Omnichannel revolution. Our sales app and pick and pack solutions have positioned us one step ahead of our competitors. We are redefining the boundaries between digital and physical commerce, empowering personal shoppers, and increasing conversion and efficiency even in their physical stores. By expanding into the assisted sales and fulfillment add-ons, we enhance our competitiveness in the omnichannel market and open up new avenues for growth. Composability is another key differentiator that sets us apart. Through modularization, we connect with other technology to expand our platform efficiently. We firmly believe that modular architectures enable long-term innovation. FastStore and Vtex.io are clear examples, providing our customers with peace of mind, simplicity, and scalability. Our platform, zero-friction onboarding and collaboration capabilities, allow customers and partners to seamlessly join the Vtex ecosystem. Our extraordinary speed-to-market empowers them to find, buy, and sell products and services, creating a thriving connected ecosystem. Another standout feature is the single control panel for every order, enabling our customers to manage 100% of their orders from all sales channels through our VTEX platform. This enables our customers to have more controls and insights over their operations, which translates into better operational results. On top of that, our platform also acts as an autonomous co-pilot, using AI-driven solutions to optimize various aspects of e-commerce, providing recommendations and empowering our customers to navigate the complexities 
of digital commerce with ease and confidence. At VTech, customer satisfaction shaped our journey towards building a remarkable future. Reliability is our commitment. VTech's focus is to provide secure, scalable, and dependable services for the interconnected commerce ecosystem. VTech's growth strategy revolves around the five main avenues that, that you see on the screen. In this intro, I just quickly touched on why we successfully add new customers to our platform, how we will help our customers grow their GMV above market growth, and some of our innovative products. We also covered a glimpse of our global expansion and the powerful ecosystem uh, we have around VTech. But this, this is just an introduction. Uh, throughout this event, we will go deeper into each of these growth avenues, highlighting the significant opportunity they present to our company expansion and success. We're shaping the future of commerce, scaling commerce transformation, shaping remarkable customer experiences, and solidifying our position as the leader in digital commerce industry. Our journey is unstoppable, and we invite all of you to join us on this extraordinary adventure. Thank you so much, and see you back in the Q&A session. Now, I'll leave the floor to Nanda. Thank you, Geraldo. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here with you today to share our research and development updates. We have framed our research and development updates uh, and priorities across three areas of value generation for VTEX. The first area is peace of mind. This means building trust with our customers by enhancing reliability and performance of our commerce platform. We aim to provide stability, enhance platform security, and also address core retail omnifunctional needs. In this line, is worth mentioning something that might sound obvious. Uptime really matters. At first glance, having a headless installation with 20 or 30 integration, each provider, uh, each one of them providing three nines of time seems impressive. However, let's dive into those numbers. When you multiply the 99.9% uptime by 20 to 30 providers, the combined platform uptime can drop significantly to 97 to 98%. And suddenly the picture doesn't look as rosy. On an operational side, this translates to almost one day of downtime per month for the customer, which is highly inconvenient, especially during crucial events such as Black Friday. It's no wonder that many customers, including Carrefour, have migrated to Vitex. They recognize the importance of uninterrupted service and reliability, especially during sales uh, peak periods. Moving on to the second area, we want to unlock the United States and Europe regions by meeting localization requirements regarding privacy and administration. Additionally, we aim to tap into the vast potential of the B2B market in the United States. Expanding our presence and capability into these regions will contribute significantly to our growth. For example, besides Fast Store and the extensions hub that Renata will cover in a moment, we have introduced the marketplace offers quality filters which streamline cataloging process and enhance transparency for submitted orders. 
the visual editor for uh, merchandising rules in Vitex Intelligence Search empowers our users to customize their search results while the integration, for instance, with Google Pay as a payment method ensure faster and more secure checkouts. These product launches help Vitex ex- expansion into the United States and Europe, meeting localization requirements and also producing an enhanced user experience. The third value generation area is expanding into assisted sales and fulfillment add-ons. We want to empower personal shoppers, increase monetization from the physical stores, and enhance our competitiveness in this omnichannel retail market. By broadening our reach across different channels, we can increase our platform stickiness, unlock higher lifetime values, new opportunities, and obviously new revenue streams. Renata will go into a lot of detail in this specific initiative. Now, before I hand over to Renata to cover the product side, I want to share how we have been driving our business towards greater efficiency. Our focus on improving cloud efficiency throughout 2022 has yielded significant and long-lasting results. Several key drivers contributed to it. For example, the continued migration to systems uh, from Windows Server to Linux, the diversification of CPU usage to include ARM64 and AMD alongside with Intel, and also the rationalization of our investments in observability, as an example. In addition, we reduce waste of idle reserves, improve the caching and auto-scaling, and implemented inner sourcing and instant right-sizing across multiple services in the platform. These measures allowed us to optimize our costs while maintaining high performance. We are now graduating from our efficiency program, which means efficiency will be embedded in every single thing we do moving forward. We are committed to providing better tooling for our teams to assess their cloud investments and, of course, keep them the costs under control. Just to share some additional context, by optimizing our tech stack, we, have, we are now less dependent on a specific software provider, especially on our observability stack, and we can more easily switch providers if we need while still providing world-class tooling to our engineering teams. This allows us to continue improving the efficiency of our platform and additionally making sure our platform, making our platform more flexible, allowing us to upscale and downscale more quickly when we need it, which also help efficiency going forward. And now to finalize, I would like to share the impact of these initiatives in our P&L so far. In the last six quarters, we have consistently improved our year-over-year subscription gross margin. In 2022, our subscription gross margin improved by more than 350 basis points each quarter. And in Q1 2023, we have already delivered an improve, uh, improvement of more than 400 basis points. We continue, uh, we expect to continue delivering consistent improvements year-over-year going forward. The future is bright for Vitex, and we are committed to pursuing those opportunities with determination. Together, we will build a more efficient, resilient, and customer-focused commerce platform. And with that, I have we have covered all the research and development updates. Thank you for your attention. I will see you in the Q&A in a moment, and now I will pass on to Renata. Thank you, Nanda. 
So hi, everyone. What a pleasure to be here today to cover our product update session. So at the heart of our company lies our product, which is a greater source of value. It is through our product that we express our vision in a connected commerce where every player is connected to unleash their full potential. As Geraldo mentioned, our execution focuses on two main fronts, unification and modularization. Today, I want to introduce our new releases and the success stories that reaffirm the power of our vision. Our customers are already experiencing the advantage of our decomposable architecture. Brands like Briggs & Stratton in the United States, Nike in South America, Mazda in England, Ocean in Europe, make part of the list. Together with the Fuskini Group in Africa and Lean in the Middle East. Those are examples of customers experiencing the power of Vitex. To understand what products and solutions our customers need, our team of e-commerce specialists assessed the market environment and found four brutal facts that affect modern-day operations. Our products solve those issues. Let's dive into each one of them. So the first brutal fact is that significant amount of time is spent by engineering teams on maintaining the spaghetti code or the legacy code. As a platform, we have the responsibility to guarantee the scalability and efficiency of our customers. For that, we've created the Vitex IO, the development platform that enables technical teams to extend and connect the Vitex platform in a simple, more scalable way. Customers can use Vitex IO to develop custom storefronts, integrations, and extend the Vitex admin with new functionalities we have recently expanded Vitex.io capabilities into the new Vitex.io FastStore. FastStore is Vitex's new front-end technology that provides all the tools business and technical users need to develop, manage, and evolve a decoupled storefront. The product was developed with speed in mind. It delivers a fast loading time for buyers, and is also simple and fast for developers and marketers to use. Also, recently, we've introduced the Extensions Hub, the new version of Vitex App Store, where retailers can expand their offering by adding solutions from partners developed with Vitex.io. Now, retailers can find and configure partner solutions, all without leaving the Vitex admin. With this, integrations are now in the hands of the retailer in a scalable and secure way, representing another step in Vitex's vision of building a live, connected ecosystem. One of the best examples of Vitex.io is Motorola. With the challenge of maintaining multiple country-specific front-end applications, with Vitex.io, they were able to streamline the architecture and reduce costs significantly. They developed a single front-end app that catered all their markets, allowing their teams to focus on creating a unified customer experience across the different regions. Vitex.io has been a great changer for Motorola, simplifying its development process as saving valuable resources. The next brutal fact that we want to go over is that 83% of B2B buyers prefer to shop through digital channels, according to Gartner. Therefore, we present our B2B features and marketplace to create direct channels and avoid conflict with partners. To level set the ground in the manufacturing world, we have B2B and D2C as key models. B2B involves manufacturing sellers serving other companies, while D2C enables direct sales to end consumers. However, those models come with challenges. 
channel conflicts and limited reach. That's where VTAC steps in with their game-changing approach, B2B2B and B2B2C. We empower manufacturers to establish direct channels and integrate partners' inventories. This unlocks extended fulfillment networks, expanding their reach, and scaling operations efficiently. What sets VTEX apart is our native marketplace architecture. This robust combination of B2B capabilities and marketplace empowers manufacturers to operate in both B2B and B2C domains. By embracing our solutions, manufacturers overcome channel conflicts, extend their market reach, and drive operational efficiency. Our value proposition is very clear. By partnering with VTEX, manufacturers enhance their bottom line and strengthen customer relationships. One of the best examples of adoption of B2B capabilities is Stanley Black & Decker. With VTEX, Black & Decker sales representatives can provide a simple experience to their customers, simplifying order management and reducing manual effort. They have been operating their B2B business with VTEX since 2019, currently running our platform in South Korea, India, Brazil, and expanding it to the U.S. and the U.K., a good example of the B2B2C is Mazda, that has created a vehicle stock locator to allow customers across the UK to find, compare, and reserve inventory at dealer locations. With VTEX, they were able to integrate inventory from dealerships, enabling customers to purchase online both parts and cars from the nearest authorized dealer. This optimization has increased efficiency and provided a more friendly experience for Mazda customers. With VTEX Marketplace and Order Management Solutions, they together they played a crucial role in Mazda's success. Now let's go to the third brutal fact. Is that the one that since the pandemic, inventory levels have increased by 22% without sales striking this increase. We will showcase the new solutions that help customers to optimize their inventory and streamline their fulfillment operations. Our order management system enables integration of physical store inventory into the digital journey. Not too long ago, we lived in a world where inventory was kept in separate silos. E-commerce inventory was separate from the physical store inventory and vice versa. However, with the pandemic, this separation was no longer viable. Those who had integrated had to catch up, while those who had were able to thrive. One of our customers, Track and Field, after quickly adopting our solution during the pandemic, achieved a remarkable milestone, 81% of online orders being fulfilled by the physical store. We've also recently launched Peak and Pack, a solution for optimizing omnichannel operations that transform physical stores into distribution centers, enabling quick and efficient picking, packing, and last mile delivery of orders. Natively integrated with our OMS, it has a leading time to market compared to other solutions and enables merchants to track and measure the performance of their entire fulfillment network with real-time data. We've also simplified the integration with Brazil's leading carrier, Correios, through the Vitex shipping network, providing updated tracking information and competitive pricing. These innovative products reduce manual labor, enhance scalability, and easily integrate with our existing systems. They generate better yield economics for our customers as it reduces shipping costs while at the same time increasing conversion rates and user satisfaction. Now let's go to the fourth brutal fact that is increasing customer acquisition costs. 
we've introduced the Vitex Sales app, the omnichannel product that bridges the gap between sales and brick and mortar stores. This, digit, this powerful tool empowers sales associates to unlock the full potential of the retail and physical stores and e-commerce operations. By granting access to inventory across all channels, including physical stores, distribution centers, partner sellers, and suppliers, as well as customer purchase data and behavior insights, this app enhances customer support, boosts sales, and increases basket size. A standout feature of the Tech Sales app is its endless I.O. capability that enables access to inventory from any channel, preventing missed sales opportunities. Whether it's e-commerce inventory, physical stores, or even partner sellers in the supplier marketplace model, this single product integrates the entire retailer operations, regardless of the channel. And while we see the sales app demo, let me tell you the case of the captain a global leader in sporting goods retail that showcases the transformative impact of the tax sales act. By transforming, by adopting a sales in an omnichannel approach, their physical stores now influence over a third of the digital sales with a positive experience of their customers. If a product is out of stock in one location, it will now be located and shipped from another store, ensuring customer satisfaction every time. Now, from the combination of live shopping and conversational commerce, we present Fitech's personal shopper, which enables companies to offer exclusive one-to-one customer service through live stream videos. When the customer requests assistance, the dedicated salesperson connects via video through the Vitex admin. And from there, the sales app can select and send products to the customer, who can add them to cart, what increases sales and average ticket size for their online orders. And the following customer testimonials showcases Vitex sales empowerment tools and the impact on increasing conversion rates and customer engagement. Electrolux, one of our customers, wanted to empower their sales team and enhance the overall customer experience. With Vitex, they implemented personalized shopper capability and the Vitex sales app that enabled their team to deliver exceptional service and drive conversion. Electrolux has witnessed a significant increase in sales effectiveness and customer loyalty. And for this, let's watch the testimony of Gabriel from Electrolux. Na Eletrolux a gente tem basicamente todos os canais, então a gente está falando do, do D2C, que é o maior deles, a gente tem o Marketplace, a gente tem lojas físicas também conectadas, hoje em dia já com online, também temos o B2B e o B2E, que é o site para funcionários. Hoje o B2B, é, da forma que está, é o primeiro passo de uma transformação que a gente está fazendo, permitindo com que as assistências técnicas, por exemplo, que antes tinham que ligar com o processo moroso, possam comprar acessórios consumíveis, peças de uma maneira muito mais fluida e com uma logística muito mais integrada dentro do processo do pedido. Hoje, dentro da, da mesma ferramenta, eu tenho pedidos do Marketplace, eu tenho pedidos do B2B, eu tenho pedidos uh, do Venda Funcionário. Você tem uma visão única da operação que deixa a gestão muito mais fácil no final do dia. Great testimonial. So now, let's move to AI. At Vitex, we believe that connected commerce serves as a gateway to harness the potential of artificial intelligence. Our co-pilot solution helps customers make smart business decisions with AI assistance. We've now introduced the Planner feature, an innovative product that enables quick and data-driven decision-making with the Vitex ecosystem. 
But that's not all. AI is transforming our platform in various ways. AI helps supports the optimization of product offering by dynamically adjusting pricing based on conversion rates. This makes pricing strategies agile and responsive. Our logistics is also leveraging AI, optimizing deliveries and improving customer satisfaction. Also, frictionless checkouts across multiple channels are now a reality with AI. Our new message-to-order feature converts messages, shopping lists, and PDF quotations into orders. Additionally, our payment gateway automatically selects the best conversion-driven payment option. So in summary, we have identified major brands and retailers' pain points, and we just presented four new solutions to solve those problems. As a platform, we understand that it's our role to ensure scalability and operation efficiency for our customers. Technical debt is a reality for most retailers. Our unwavering dedication remains to support our customers throughout their journey by creating products and solutions that enhance simplicity and scalability, while at the same time maintaining favorable unit economics to ensure business sustainability. Thank you for your attention. Thank you to all our first segment presenters for the valuable insights and updates. Now, let's wrap up the session with a 15-minute Q&A session. If you have any questions for Geraldo, Fernando, Renata, please type them in the Q&A tab at the bottom right side of the screen. The first question is from Marcelo Santos from ANSES. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for the presentation. How much more space is there to gain non-GAAP gross subscription margins? Thank you. So I'll, I'll answer the question. I'll take the question. So, Marcelo, thank you very much for the question. Uh, there's, there's, several, there's several initiatives we're doing to improve the, the gross margin of the, of the company. Uh, and one of them, but not limited, it's like optimizing our infrastructure, uh, our tech infrastructure, as Fernanda said. And naturally, there's optimizations in the way we provide support, centralized from areas, decentralized from others. Uh, but our, our focus on about the, the tech infrastructure. And tech infrastructure, as you've seen, we're, we're evolving a lot since, since a year ago. And, but I, I don't believe it. It is in the end. I, 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 I feel that you, you cannot expect the pace to be as strong as it were, uh, during the last year until today. But, uh, I, I guess you will see more improvements and, and Andrea will talk about a little bit about that and how this is affecting our long-term vision of, of the company. So thank you. Perfect. Thank you very much, Geraldo. Our next question is from Eduardo Rubí. There were six lunches at Bitex Day. How has the customer reception been? Which ones have had more adherence so far? So, so, okay, go ahead, Renata, please. Um, thank you. You can compliment me at the end if you want. So yeah, so the, so we have been launching in, so we launch, we make big launches on Vitex Day and we see pick and pack and sales app, you know, being very well accepted to customer with customers as the, you know, they add up on the channel, on the, on the, on our, you know, value chain and they give, they offer a better customer experience for, you know, for the overall order 
experience. So those have been great, you know, they have, they have been great, ex, you know, acceptance with the market. And also like, you know, the fast store is, as we, you know, unlock this product, we have been seeing great, you know, conversion rates and user experiences on those stores. Amazing. Thank you so much. So now we have another question. This is from Nicholas Dovo. So he says, hi, thanks for the investor day. You're welcome. <laughs> Could you explain a bit more about the AI revenue opportunity as presented? Is it chargeable or included in the current fee? Thanks. So I, I can get that, and, and Fernanda and Renata can help me. Uh, but but I, I, I won't have, uh, limit myself to AI. I'll, I'll talk also about the power of data uh, that that is that our platform produces that gives valuable information to our customers. Uh, this this data can be used in also another AI training models that our customers can do in the future that are proprietary as well. So, so the idea is that we will have, uh, we will have a lot of beauty included in the price AI capabilities. And just as, as it, as it is today, we have an API first approach. You can extract data. From most of our services, all of our, all, all data from our services, you can extract through our API. But if, if you are an enterprise customer and you, and you want to extract the dump of the data, you want to extract comprehensive logs, you want to ex- extract comprehensive payment logs, you want to extract a security information so that you do your own assessment on security risks, Eventually, this can be charged because this is a premium service. Same apply to AI. Uh, we, this is, so, so I gave a, a real tangible example for data. I cannot for now give real tangible examples for AI because, you know, we still need to find out what are the true differentiation, differentiation that we will bring to the market with AI and when it's True differentiation, it's not uh, like any other e-commerce platform. The tendency is that we will charge an extra fee for that. Uh, the idea is that Vitex is, is level set with other platforms in, in all this technology, and where we differentiate, we charge a premium price for that. Perfect. Thank you very much. Uh, our next question is from Tiago. Tiago Kavulskis, who says, hi, two quick questions on my side here. You showed Nike as a client of Vitex uh, in one of the slides. Are you doing business with the company in Brazil slash Latam or worldwide? Could you explore a bit more use cases with them, given that they are a premium company? The second question is on observability improvement initiative. Are you taking or thinking about cloud observability using vendors like Datadog uh, to rationalize usage? So about Nike, uh, maybe this this question should be uh, asked to, to Stanti and Mariano. They are in the forefront of where, of how we are evolving with each customer. 
Uh, so Nike is an important customer for us in Latin. Uh, they, they, they started in four countries already. And, and you know, like, I, I won't limit myself to example of Nike, but this is a natural path of our customer at Vitex. They start with a single country or a single brand in one, and then as they feel that they are more agile, they expand to other brands and other countries. This is a, a not a fast product, but it, a fast process, but it is a consistent process that happens throughout the years. And that's why we have so such good uh, net revenue retention uh, 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 KPIs. So, uh, so, so that's the, the case specific of Nike. Uh, you know, like they're, they're starting the journey. They're, they're customers of us since how, how long time ago? One year. Just one year and a half. Uh, we have customers like Whirlpool that are customers of ours since 2012 or 13. I don't recall right now. And they are much bigger in, uh, in, in other, in other countries and other brands. They have five brands with us and more than, I don't know how many, how many countries, more than 10, I'm sure. Uh, so, so that's a good journey for, for customers like Nike and, and we have several others on Samsung and several customers like Nike. Uh, for the second question, uh, Tiago, I will lend the floor to, to Nanda. Nanda, could you help me on that? Perfect. Yes, of course. Uh, so observability. Uh, yes, we, we use it to use a single platform for, uh, to host most of our capability on the observability side. We are talking about cloud observability. We are not using Datadog. Uh, one of our, uh, we use, uh, open search, uh, and we use, uh, we use some open source tools. We are also using Honeycomb as our um, as our provider for that. And it's not only about cloud and platform observability, but also uh, about observability of our own platform because these allow us to map uh, optimization opportunities in our own code base that uh, will then uh, be seen in our results as uh, Geraldo mentioned earlier, a continued improved uh, uh, subscription gross margin. And, and if I can add, we're, we're truly a technology company, right? Uh, uh, that we, you know, the, our volumes are, are sizable. Like we have services uh, right now that are serving almost 70 million requests per minute at this moment as we are speaking. So there's several technologies that we need to customize from some open source technology to the way that we need them to work. Uh, and we need to be very careful uh, when we decide if we're going to buy or build a, a infrastructure software for to help us because the volumes are already sizable, right? Yeah, it's never an easy, easy answer if we build and if we buy. Exactly. Perfect. Thank you very much. Our next question is from Rodrigo Casiolato. He's asking, Bitex have developed products in OMS and other fronts, which are usually charged separately by other software e-commerce platform providers. Do you see potential for eventually having relevant monetization from such products? I can I can talk about that, Rodrigo. That's the same, you know, like remember our our vision and our goal to be the backbone for connected commerce, uh to 
to uh, to blend the barriers between physical and 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 e-commerce, physical commerce and e-commerce, like everything should be digital commerce. Uh, for this, it's very important that we all of of the orders of our customers converge uh, to our system, and us having the OMS embedded in our offering is so powerful to get into this goal that uh, the question about should we overcharge OMS or not is a is a minor question now. It's not a big question should be, should be done, uh, but. But but the answer for the long term is yes. Uh, as we as as all this product and product definition and product articulation evolve, uh, you are seeing and you and customers are seeing that we are decomposing our product, the e-commerce platform, the OMS, the front-end cloud. We are separating some parts so that the the customers can understand our product offering better. And yes, and we can price it for that, do a pricing that is very tailored for the customer depending on what are their needs. So, so, so not, we're not doing now. We love the way we charge our customers on their success. Uh, this is, this create, this brought the company until here. Uh, we, we are a company, a, a group of people that are aligned with the interest of growing the revenue of our customers. We do whatever it took uh, to get there. We needed to build an OMS, an OMS that talks to physical stores, an OMS that talks to franchises of the brand that we serve uh, to get. And we did everything we could as a software company, as the technology team, to do to increase the revenue of our customers because we upsell if they if they increase revenue. So so we're very happy with the business model that we currently have. But this, it doesn't mean that this will last forever. Perfect. Thank you very much. Uh, the next question and most likely last question is from Clark Jeffries. So he says, where does Omnichannel and on-premise functionality rank as an R&D priority? Online channel uh, or Omnichannel uh, now being 35% of our GMV, do you expect Omnichannel to continue to grow? How important will sales app be in your Omnichannel on-premise investment? I can get that as well. Thank you, Clark. Sure. Uh, my understanding of on-premise on uh, that Clark said is like orders coming from physical stores. That's, so that's, uh, that's my assumption here. And and I I do believe Clark, that that we gave a very important step that we made a very important step getting orders from the online uh, world and driving these orders to the physical store so that the physical store delivered the order and so this is this is this is the cause of this GMV that you see here and this is growing the several avenues, several customers that need to do that, several new stores. Uh, we need to implement this in franchisees of, of the brands of our customers, several customers that have franchisees, and this is, we're just scratching the surface on that, on that direction. Uh, when you and, – and, and now there's another direction that we are pending to explore. Uh, you know, like e-commerce is, 
in Latin America, 12% per, per penetration, right? So roughly every brand has 90% of their sales through physical stores and 10% of their sales, more than less, uh, through e-commerce stores. So suppose that you, I'm a fashion brand and I, I have, I want to optimize my inventory. I don't, I don't need to have, I don't, I cannot because of a crisis or something like that. I don't want to have all the colors of, of a shirt. I don't want to have all, even all the sizes of a shirt. And then I will, I will implement sales app to my salespeople so that they, we enable them to not lose the sale if there's lack of inventory in the local physical store. So now we're exploring another direction. Uh, the physical store will do the sale. The e-commerce network will do the delivery. So this is a, a completely a new avenue. And although it is, you know, like you can claim that a few percentage of customers will buy that way because, you know, going to physical stores is a very impulsive uh, movement. But if you if you estimate that 5 to 10% of the customers will buy that way, it's almost, it's almost, it almost double the, the volume of the e-commerce volume, right? Because e-commerce volume is 10%. So if you, if you, if you, if, I don't know, if 9% of the volume comes from customers that are buying products that are not available at the physical stores, eventually the volume can double. I, I, I mean, my, my bottom line here is that Omnichannel integration, connecting, digitalizing the physical store is, is a very big opportunity uh, for fulfillment and for selling, selling, and we're just scratching the surface for that. And just to add, uh, uh, Geraldo, the, the sales app is the materialization of this order that uh, starts in the in the physical store and goes into our online wor- world. So it is a top priority for us to make sure that we uh, work directly with customers that are starting to implement as early adopters and making sure that the experience is good and is helping us to drive this new um, channel or new revenue stream opportunity. Perfect. Thank you, Nada. Yes. Okay. So our Q&A time is over. Thank you very much, everyone, for participating and big claps for our presenters. Now let's take a quick 10-minute break to recharge, grab a cup of coffee, or stretch your legs. Let's be back shortly.
Welcome back, everyone. Now, let's go straight to our second segment on market positioning, go-to-market strategy, international expansion, and LATAM, including Brazil folks. Let's now welcome Mariano to the stage. Mariano, the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. Um, we are doing this Investor Day uh, live uh, from uh, New York Stock Exchange. So, um, as you can see in this background, we put the sugar loaf here because that was uh, where the company was founded. Uh, but actually, we are inside New York Stock Exchange with clients celebrating the two years of the IPO of Vitex. So two years ago um, was uh, the IPO, and we brought our clients here to celebrate with us, as probably you can follow, uh, could follow from the CNBC opening bell ceremony. So um, today is a special day. Um, it's an emblematic day. It's um, something that uh, you you look backwards. And uh, I'm really proud. I'm really proud how we are consistent delivery uh, our path and we are consistently building the foundations for our future. Um, let's talk about VTEX marketing positioning. By declaration, we chose to express VTEX brand through the cases of our clients. So nothing better than start by listening our customers and allow them to talk in our behalf. Please, let's see the video. We choose VTEX because we are looking for partnership. We are not a technology company. We don't aim to be a technology company. Uh, we want to do retail. We know our customers, and uh, we want to have uh, partners uh, which can cover this gap that we have right now. And we found Vitex uh, with uh, the SaaS solution uh, to be, uh, let's say, the best uh, option uh, in this direction. Brazil is critical. Speaking from an e-commerce perspective, it's our top-selling, most productive country. Our partnership with Vitex is critical. We're tied at the hip. Our success is their success. Beyond technology, which you can buy anywhere, it's about the partnership. We had some crazy ideas about how to keep surprising our customers, and we have usually been able to develop them on Vitex. The change in the evolution was basically dramatic in such a you know a short period of time. So one thing that we saw in Vitex was a very strong roadmap not only for the short term, but also for the long term. Vitex is a key partner for us. Uh, Vitex is enabling e-commerce for Carrefour in Brazil, in all Latin. We've been working for quite some years already, and we are still continue to work. We have strong ambition in the coming years. So those customers are just a sample of our customer base. And now in first hand, the announcement of some of our new logos additions we have conquered across the world. Those are enterprise brands that have chosen Vitex for our ability of delivery through our product and our commerce knowledge. We are happy to announce that Group Casino, one of the largest grocery groups in the world, has decided to migrate their headquarters digital commerce operation in France to Vitex. Let me repeat that. A global company with more than 10,000 stores across the globe has chosen a non-European platform to run their digital commerce business 
in the country they started in the first place, France. Secondly, I'm happy to announce that here in the, in, in the U.S., we went live with Beauty Counter, a global leader in beauty and personal care, part of Carlyle Group portfolio. Not only the, not only they were looking to digitalize its physical sales operation, but expanded direct consumer strategy to the U.S. and Canada. Last but not least, as a proof of our platform capabilities, we have added our customer base, Hearst Corporation, which really needs no introduction, right? Um, if you have been ever in a convenience store, you've probably been face-to-face with Hearst magazines, such as Elle, Cosmopolitan, Bazaar, Men's Health. They chose us because of the composable commerce capabilities. And, and this is interesting. I always been questions in the streets. I say, why companies choose VTEX? Why to migrate from SAP Salesforce to VTEX? This is an interesting thing. Why companies choose VTEX? So let me try to explain why and how we've been positioning our platform for the market. COVID has rewritten the rules of commerce. And we have entered in a new era, no longer focus on growth at any cost. Now it's about profitability, sustainable growth. As a recent study by Publicis Sapiens found, 37% of the retailers are not meeting their profitability targets in e-commerce. Something's wrong. Many customers needs help identifying the best opportunity to invest their capital to generate profits. VTEX has great responses to that demand. The diagram that you are seeing now represents a real commerce architecture of a customer before migrating to VTEX. It's a nightmare. The system has many dependencies, middlers, over-customization, making it fragile and hard to scale, even more, almost impossible to to maintain. More than anything, it's pretty expensive to maintain. The sum can reach incredible 8% of the online GMV just to maintain the stack of your uh, digital commerce operation. That's not sustainable. Maintaining the legacy commerce, it is not sustainable in that sense from a business, IT, and financial standpoint. Something will happen. The question we often ask our prospects is, How much of your online GMV is allocated to tech? Amortizations plus maintenance. Normally, this is in a different lines in the PNL. Put them together. They're gonna, they're gonna surprise you. Labor, hosting. This is not different cent, like cost centers. This is the maintenance of your tech stack for commerce. Modern CIOs and COs are pursuing sustainable commerce architecture. Moving away from legacy systems, VTEX composable commerce approach aims to reduce the total cost of ownership of the entire commerce stack to a healthier 2 to 3% range of the GMV, enabling customers to allocate more capital to marketing retention and actually innovation. As customers migrate off their legacy platforms with VTEX, they can discover the best of the two worlds. A fast go-to-market with an end-to-end solution that combines freedom to compose their unique modules 
with hundreds of life-connected solutions provided by our ecosystem and the end-to-end solution that allows them to go to market pretty, pretty fast. Speed to market plus freedom of customization. That's why companies are choosing VTEX. With VTEX platform, you can choose what module to compose with third-party solutions, and you can choose to write off any module of your architecture as you want. This is what we see as a new trending wave, the pragmatic composable commerce. Freedom, it is the ability to test, the ability to compose, and just the ability to compose when you need, not because you are mandated to compose. So real freedom can only be accessed when you have a composable but complete platform. That's why we pitch VTAX as composable and complete platform. This is the core of our value prop. Our customers can enter in the new testing economy and leaving behind the old building economy. This is the disruption VTAX is delivering to the world of commerce. At the end, We believe innovation is ability to test, the ability to test fast, the ability to write off components. Freedom to innovate is not represented by unlimited ability to build. It is indeed by the unlimited ability to to test. Now, let's, let's do a little tech diving into our composed and complete platform. As seen in the pink boxes, we provide a set of commerce services for digital commerce, experience management, order management, marketplace management. This complete set of functionalities helps customers migrate their existing operations quickly. Our customers can also extend or swap the native capabilities by custom build once under the same infrastructure. Look at the light pink boxes now in your left. We also provide add-ons channels, and experience applications out of the box. You can create new channels with VTEX, not with uh, CAPEX, but with a very fast market. Finally, took look at the gray boxes. With VTEX Live Connected ecosystem, our clients can configure third-party applications without having to build any clue code, any middleware. Better than myself, I would like to bring the voice of a customer to show how they are using our technology. Let's see Olivier Joubert, Global Chief Technology Officer of Carrefour at VTEX Day. So my name is Olivier Joubert. I joined Carrefour almost nine years ago. Currently, Carrefour, we are operating in more than 43 countries. Uh, directly or through franchisee. Our total GMV for e-commerce was a bit more than 4 billion, 4.2 billion euros. Brazil is currently becoming the number one country for us. We have a strong growth there. We are still continuing to push for having such growth for the upcoming years. We want to transform Carrefour, a retailer with traditional e-commerce capabilities, uh, into a digital retail company which places tech and data at the heart of its processes and its value creation model. To summarize, business expectation and the the will to better serve our customer has been the key driver to move to composable. I don't think composable architecture is a a target. It's 
probably more a way to achieve a target. We wanted to provide a first-class shopping experience to our customer, which wasn't the case before. Uh, when we wanted evolution, it took too many times, etc. We wanted also to ensure that our platform were highly available and scalable enough, okay, to be to be sure that we we can provide the customer a shopping experience for everyone. And finally, we wanted to add speed to market. We, it, it wasn't affordable for us to wait, I don't know, six months for, before delivering a new feature which was expected by many of our customers. So that's why we, we switched to that, because we, we were seeing that having monoliths, it was way, very complex to be well serving our customers. So um, now 1118, uh, live, live broadcasting from uh, New York Stock Exchange. Uh, we're going to switch gears. Uh, I'm going to invite Santiago Naranjo, Chief Revenue Officer of Vitex, to explain how we are taking this position into the market. Please, Santi. Thank you, Mariano. Messaging and positioning are nothing without a focus and discipline execution. So I want to give you an overview of Vitex's go-to-market strategy, starting with demand generation. We believe our platform and e-commerce knowledge are our greatest advantages, and the best way to prove it is through the success cases of our customers. This is our demand generation growth loop. When we enter a new country, we use our knowledge as an e-commerce specialist company to conquer our first reputational case. When our new customers go live, the next step is to expand our footprint in that given industry by promoting those cases. The more we do it, the more we can expand to new industries and diversify our customer base. The combination of diverse success cases and the e-commerce knowledge turns BTEX in a reference within the country, organically attracting new customers and enable us to be more efficient. In addition to our marketing investment, our partners play a vital role in our go-to-market strategy. We have established global partnership programs with leading system integrators and independent software vendors who serve a valuable source of opportunities. Let's hear from Ravi Bagal, General Manager at AWS, about their experience. Our customers want us to unify the experience. When leadership in a retail organization recognizes in order to serve the customer this way, the technology has to follow the customer. The customer shouldn't have to follow the technology. Both Vtex and AWS have always believed in the practical requirements of retailers and how do we make sure we keep the business running as we move in this direction. Our partnership with AWS is very important. We were honored as one of AWS ISB Partners of the Year. We have also expanded our global partnership program to drive demand generation. Bitex and AWS sales team are doing go-to-market together in North America and Europe to generate and accelerate opportunities. As the opportunities generated move through the pipe, they enter our sales cycle. We are doubling down on solution engineers and solution architect roles. From the beginning, we are mapping the prospects, the goals, and the existing systems. 
Once the opportunity is qualified, the team focus is to maximize value as fast as possible and establish an architecture and implementation timeline. Here is an example of an architecture diagram shared with Oshan, one of our customers. We have been executing a new sales cycle since the end of the last year. It is part of our growth playbook. This playbook uses a set of business indicators to identify which stage of maturity a country is at. And from that, define the next action and investment to reach its next stage of development. The playbook is divided into four stages. First, discovery, when we are testing a market by getting a first reference customer. Second, validation, when we build reputational cases that can give us a positive demand generation loop and start recruiting talent. Third, acceleration, when we create momentum by increasing sales and brand awareness through the success of our customers and across multiple industries. And finally, scale, when we drive towards market leadership and operational efficiency. Now, let's dip into how we execute our go-to-market strategy by region. Thanks, Santi. Um, U.S. and Europe are significant market opportunities for VTEX, right? So let's talk about two opportunities we believe VTEX can capture in uh, in these markets. The first, it is around B2B. Uh, I'm talking about manufacturers, wholesales, distributors looking to migrate or to implement a B2B digital commerce operation, a new and modern front end for their legacy ERPs. A front-end, a modern front-end for SAP, a modern front-end for Oracle. Here is a quote from Orlando Ross, Global VP Customer Experience at Stanley Black & Decker, that has been with Vitex since 2019 and now operates its B2B business with our platform in South Korea, India, Brazil. To Stanley Black & Decker, one of their main goals was to enable sales representatives to be more effective in this digital era. As you evolve and you start offering, for example, digital options where customers can put orders at under terms, it starts like changing the dynamic between not only your sales rep, your customers and you as a company, but the, the dynamic even in how customers and, and sales rep start engaging. And, and our sales rep are now able to be much more of a consultant be much more of a, a business partner to our customers than what they had been able to do in the past because 70% of their time during the visit would be consumed by taking an order. So that, that is a, a great change uh, for them. What we like to think is that this digital transformation is giving our sales rep the superpower of omnipresent. That's live event, guys. So you saw that the video came five seconds before. Uh, just uh, complimenting, um, Stanley Black & Deck is expanding their operation with VTEX to the U.S. and U.K. And um, according to the e-marketer, B2B economy and B2B e-commerce is reaching $2.47 trillion in, uh, in 2023. Many drivers are influencing the accelerated growth of B2B e-commerce globally. First driver... It is the need for a faster time to market. 
B2B companies have tried to transform the legacy process for years. B2B customers demand a new front-end, modern digital experience. Vitex is well-positioned to capture the greenfield B2B opportunities of customers looking for it. Second, the trend of becoming B2Bs becoming marketplaces. This model enables manufacturers to integrate inventory from distributors and third-party sellers. Vitex has a unique position to capture this trend, as we are one of the unique providers in the market to offer B2B commerce and marketplace under the same platform. The last driver is the need of a, a digital commerce solution for the sales rep, the missing link in between the online and offline world. In the B2B world, even the most tech-savvy buyers will look for human support before placing a order. The buyer needs is the same experience, the best of the online and the best of the sales consultant. The world needs to bring it together. And Vitex is ready to capture this trend through our highly flexible front-end technology and the native live shopping and personal shopper capabilities that connects B2B buyers with sales reps to assist the online digital journey. It's pretty amazing. In the past, we have seen significant increase in B2B logos in the U.S. and Europe for Vitex. Companies like Bisco, Bridge Stratton, CNE, CNA, CAE, sorry, Colgate Palmolive, Macromax, Mazda, Motorola, Cartamundi, Kaiserworth Corporation have chosen Vitex to run their B2B operation. Now, Santi will explore the second opportunity, the migration from legacy system. Yes, our second go-to-market place focuses on legacy migration. A recent Forrester study shows that 44% of sovereign decision-makers within retail plan to replace their commerce platform. And an example of how we are executing this strategy, we have a testimonial from Maga Livasier, e-commerce director at Group Casino. The leading French multinational retail company operates more than 10,000 stores worldwide, and now it is Vitex's entry point for the grocery industry in Europe. Let's see why they have decided to migrate from legacy to Vitex. We did a quick um, analysis of the, the solution available on the market, and uh, Vitex was uh, identified by Gartner, as you know, uh, and Forrester as one of the most innovative uh, uh, solutions in the quadrant. Casino is, is always very ambitious on, on this kind of transformation. There is the scalability, the time to respond to get a product ready. There was the innovation side of the technology and the availability of the team would also make a difference. It's all the plugins that you have available that allow us to accelerate on social commerce and customer relation and, and customer service and all that stuff like live shopping, etc. And that's why it allow us to, uh, to really focus the investment on what will make the difference and we absolutely need it. The solution was already used by Exito. We also get very good feedback from them on about the technology, about the team, about mm -hmm. what the platform is, is, is um, able to do. So, and, and so for us, it was a, a, a no question, in fact, on uh, <laughs> are we going to make more business or not with Vitex?
Imagine, it is a dream come true. Our first customer in France, one of the biggest groceries in the world. You can't not imagine how was the process to convince a French company to migrate to a non-European platform. We have exercised every muscle of our technology and e-commerce knowledge, not through slides or PowerPoint, but showing our APIs, building up POCs, reducing the fear of change through our attention to details. Actions speak louder than words, and this is how we will disrupt the market. Many drivers are helping us to accelerate our expansion in North America and Europe. The first one is data privacy and compliance. And you know, this topic is more relevant than ever, mainly in Europe. Complex architectures are harder to audit, and the more services you integrate, the more liabilities you potentially have. As companies centralize their operation and data on Vitex, our tools like Vitex IO development platform guarantees transparency. The second trend is around operational efficiency. A Forrester study says that in 2023, at least a quarter of digital businesses will double down on technologies that consolidate shipments and fulfillment. Because of our native order management system and marketplace capability, we can simplify the implementation of new models like marketplace, dropshipping, and cross-border. Last but not least, we are seeing an increased adoption on composability. A Gartner study shows that by 2024, 20% of global CEOs will report an increased appetite to risk and resilience. To do that, mature enterprises are starting to look at new architectural strategy. With our pragmatic approach, we believe this trend will be an important source of growth for our future. Now, let's switch gears from international expansion to our Latin and Brazilian growth. Even though Latin was the fastest growing region e-commerce in 2022, with the changes of pace in the market, you might be asking yourself, how we plan to maintain the same levels of growth we have seen in the past years? Well, here we have two plays to deliver sustainable growth. The first one is the next country to conquer, Mexico. According to Estatista, Mexico has the largest percentage of total B2C commerce in Latin America, surpassing Brazil as the number one country. In 2021, Mexico was the country that saw the highest growth in retail e-commerce revenue in the whole region. Mexico is the natural next big opportunity to be conquered, and we are seeing increased momentum there. Customers like Electra, one of the biggest Mexican retailing and financing corporations, use Vitex for its omni-channel B2C operation, connected their 1,340 point of sales through Mexico and Central America. After migrating to our platform, they saw a 378% of increase in online stores. Other client, Shedrawi, a grocery retailer that operates in Mexico and United States, that improved its operational efficiency in 421 brick-and-mortar stores across Mexico. And the most recently, HEB, 
a supermarket chain that operates in Texas and northeast of Mexico, implemented its Vitex site on Vitex.io with the goal of rethinking their commerce digital experience. There was a 65% of increase in weekly sales after HEB went live with Vitex. Speaking of HEB, we have a testimonial from the customers explaining why they have decided to migrate to Vitex. We are the number one supermarket in this region, and we want to be the same in the digital world. The results that we have uh, since the first week that we launched with Bitex, we saw an immediate response uh, in sales. The, the loyal customers, they were happy, they were buying, but all the new customers, we weren't really happy with uh, that first look that they have when they log to the, to the old website. It was amazing what we saw. Uh, we saw almost no cannibalization between the app and the website. Even that Bitex was uh, recently launched, it's been proved to be a very um, good tool in order to have a lot of new customers in a short period of time and, uh, and converting those customers into shipments and, and sales. And those are the things that we are looking uh, in, the, in the near future, in probably in the next 18 months, uh, to increase another uh, 50, 60 percent uh, the sales, and, and I think that's achievable uh, with the tools that you have. Well, it is an amazing case. In a market crowded with open source providers like Adobe, we have to fight against the headquarters. Our omni-channel promotion and time to market were the key factors for them to choose us. And even if Vitex was not the first in their list, through our product capabilities, we were able to unlock this deal and to show that we could migrate under six months. Our second play is around portfolio expansion. In 2022, 90% of retailer transactions in Latin America were conducted offline. This represents a significant opportunity of new GMB for us. This portfolio expansion strategy primarily focused on upselling and cross-selling within our customer base. And for that, we see three big opportunities. First one, enabling our customer fulfillment efficiencies. As our customer base is marginally represented by retailers with large network of stores, the first opportunity is to enable our customers to transform their brick and mortar into distribution centers. That is why we have developed Peak and Pack. Now, the brands use Vitex to integrate their inventory and will also have the tools for their in-store team to fulfill and deliver these orders. The second opportunity is new sales channels. As an API-first platform, we are well positioned to become the e-commerce engine for any front end, not only, not only for online, but also mobile apps, messaging platform, and live stream. The third one is the expansion of business models. Our current customer base has many retailers, manufacturers, and consumer goods only running B2C strategies with us. We are actively expanding our product adoption within the customer base 
with customers like Electrolux and Motorola. Now using B2B also inside BTEX. Now, let me invite Mariano for our final chapter. Hey, thank you, Santi. Um, now I'd like to invite a Hisham Fawuk, Carlyle Group Principal of Transformation and Portfolio Operations to join me. Uh, we are all here in New York Exchange, Santi, Geraldo, all the clients. Uh, but is a, as it is a online first event, we are prioritizing us to be in front of the camera to you. But Hisham is going to join us now. So Hisham, please, um, let's check if uh, we can, um, we can, we can listen to you. Mariana, nice to, nice to see you. Nice to be here. Happy to be here. Great. So first question, Hisham, is, um, Tell me, you manage like many companies. What was the impression on the field to work with Vitex in one of your portfolio company? Uh, you are a very hands-on leader. Uh, you were in many, many meetings with our team. So better than anyone, how could you translate to the team here? What's your impression uh, of Vitex in the field? My impression, Mariano, has been very positive. Uh, VTEX project team has, they've come across as partners, um, in the project, which is, which is critical. They're very hardworking, very committed. Uh, they come across as commerce specialists, not just a service provider. They're, they're committed to the success of the program. And they, they really look holistically at the end-to-end -end process to make sure that what we're designing is going to make sense for our portfolio company. Perfect. And then, Jean, um, if Sorry, and Hishan, if you want to summarize uh, for the ones uh, asking about uh, what's the trends on on digital and uh, uh, how the e-commerce platforms would fulfill and transform the companies that you do have, um, the message that Vitex is passing in this investor day resonates with the future that you foresee for the portfolio. Uh, give us more a sense of uh, uh, future proof. Uh, vision in uh, digital commerce? So we're, we, we're, we support many of our portfolio companies um, with their e-commerce implementations. Um, and I think the implementation that we have going on with one of our portfolio companies is, is critical to their business and to their transformation from a digital perspective. We're, we're in the midst right now of actually implementing the VTEC solution, and we're very excited for the launch. Um, I would say I, I, what I really admire is the, the thoroughness of the VTEC solution. Um, I also admire the rapid time to market. VTEC was really able to kind of present a proof of concept just within 15 days with a lot of the out-of-the-box capabilities within production. Um, I would also say they, they come to the table with a relatively deep partner ecosystem that they're able to introduce ourselves and, and our portfolio companies to. Hey, Sean, uh... Have you heard about VTEC before, or it was the first time you, you heard about us? First time. First time. First time. And actually, Mariano, uh, I appreciate it kind of meeting you in, in New York. And, and actually, I do also appreciate your involvement as a CEO, which I think is rare um, in, in, in the project and, and shows kind of that you're vested as well in the success of the program and the broader transformation 
that our portfolio companies are going through. Yeah, thanks, Ishan. This is a little bit of our culture. Um, we are we consider ourselves commerce specialists. We are not uh, software developers or solution architects or solution engineers or account executives or marketing. We are all commerce specialists. That that's all we do and only what we do. So. Um, we, we are really proud. Uh, it was, it, it is an intense uh, project, uh, with uh, you guys. Uh, but, uh, we are like uh, really proud by collaborating with, um, the portfolio company and bringing them to inaugurate a new, a new kind of uh, unknowns. Um, so thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's really difficult, right? In a Friday at, uh, 11.42, New York, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, the New York is like Thursday is the, is the, is the old Friday, right? So, um, Friday to invite people like you here, it's, uh, it's a honor for me, for Gerald and for all the Texters, uh, that you can share your time and come with us for the opening bell and everything. So from, uh, the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Mariana, and thank you to the entire VTEX team for having me here. It's been a pleasure. Okay, guys. So now um, just uh, as you heard from Hishan, uh, our platform enables customers to modernize their stack, to reduce the maintenance cost, and uh, we believe the value prop will continue to prop our growth. Um, it's pretty simple. Um, it's um, um, we it's uh, just be there for your clients, put the energy, form your commerce team of specialists. We don't call our solution engineering a solution engineer. We call them commerce solution engineering. So at the end of the day, in summary, there are two main growth investments we are making. We are propelling our growth in the U.S. and Europe by targeting legacy B2B migrations and B2C migrations. And we are doubling down our existing customer base as a new source of revenue through add-ons of our products. Those investments have significant market potential and will enable accelerate and sustainable, uh, in a sustainable way, our growth for years to come. So we are heads down in the operation. Thank you very much. And I hold now for Julia for a Q&A session. Thank you to all our second segment presenter. There are a lot of things going on, right? We are now back to another 15 minutes Q&A session. Please type your questions in the Q&A tab at the bottom right side of the screen. So the first question is from Mari. Mari is asking, can you talk about the go-to-market for B2B channels specifically? Is there a dedicated team for these, and is there a difference in sales cycles? What is the goal for B2B as a percentage of revenue in the future? I can get this, Santi. Um, B2B, it is a different platform or is it the same platform? We have an opinion. We have a hard opinion. B2B B2C and marketplace should run in the same platform. The B2B clients, they want the same thing as the B2C, a better search, a personalization, a modern uh, experience. The B2C will air some functionalities from the B2B, quotations, consultant, concierge commerce, personal shopper. So at the end of the day, B2B and B2C are the same. So that's why we don't have a team specifically for B2B. Because there is not such a thing of a specific B2B. 
the the question of uh, goals we obviously we do have but we don't disclaim disclaim so yes uh, what we can say that we are um, cautiously optimistic with the b2b momentum mainly in the united states um we announced um, many b2b's today that we close in the united states and they are running live and uh, that's a big momentum the market needs a new front end for the sap and VTEX is well positioned to capture this market. Nobody wants that uh, blue old screen anymore, right? So maybe it's a, it's a time for a pink uh, uh, kind of approach. Thank you for the question. Perfect. Thank you so much, Mariana. I like the quote of now it's the pink time. So now and we Actually, go- it is, right? Did you see the, the, the New York Exchange uh, uh, kind of opening bell and the NASDAQ opening bell with Barbie? Okay. That's the peak day. Of course. <laughs> okay, let's go with Clark Jeffries. So, Clark is asking, are the largest competitors in Mexico and Central America different than Brazil? Do you expect win rates to be similar to other Latin countries? So, sorry, Julia, um, I had an interference here. Could you repeat, please? Yes, of course. So it's basically if the largest competitors in Mexico and Central America are any different than in Brazil, and if we expect the same or different uh, win rates than in other Latin American countries. Yes, I can go with this one. Thank you so much for your question. Yes, we have the same competitors in Mexico than any part of the world, Europe and United States. And we are seeing our, our conversion rate, it is the same that we have in Latin and Brazil, very high. And this is what we are so excited about Mexico. We have the biggest players of the global, and there we have seen biggest retailers taking decision to come with ETEX, as we share it, Shedrawi, Electra, and HAB. Amazing. Thank you so much. The next question comes from Marcelo Santos. Marcelo is asking, how does the opportunity in B2B compares with B2C? How do you see the long-term split in B2C business and how is it today? We, we don't plan with seeing the split. Uh, we plan to, to win as most deals as we can in B2C and as most deals as we can in B2B. Uh, and that's a fact that um, the functionality of VTEX by having a OMS inside the platform allow us from uh, to be a native competitor, really strong competitor in both uh, sites. Because at the end of the day, um, new channels needs to be added without a big capex. So that the, the old sense that uh, was in the table that, that to say, oh, now I need to plan a budget for the next two years for my B2B project. That's gone. That's gone. So a B2B, B2C, B2B2B, B2B2C, uh, new channels, new front end, conversational commerce, live shopping, personal shopper, concierge commerce. The business area needs to be uh, able to do this in like uh, in weeks, not with capex, not with projects. That's the disruption that VTEX is bringing to the market. So no, we we don't we don't plan to 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 have like a, a vision on how we see this growing. Actually, we are seeing a good momentum in B2B that we didn't have before. And um, we, we're going to, with a very tech approach, as Hishan said here, we are putting a POCs live 
and we are answering RFPs with our POCs. So people that don't know Vitex brand as Hishan, as majority of the United States, we are pretty new in the field of United States. Although we are the number one unified commerce by Gardner, by brand we are not well known. That that's why we need our customers to speak in our behalf. That's the most sustainable and powerful kind of a brand foundation that we do have, the success of our customers. So, yes, uh, B2B will be a driver for the U.S. for sure. Perfect. Thank you very much. Now, the next question is from Fred Mendes. Fred Mendes is asking, well, first he's saying hi. So, hi. Uh, when the operations with Casino in France will go live, do you believe this contract will help you win other contracts in Europe? Thank you so much. Uh, why are you expecting to have Casino Live on September? This is our roadmap. And yes, for sure, we will unlock a lot of grocery verticals in Europe and EMEA. We are seeing these capabilities being deployed. So we are going to show to the European market how we can combine online and offline operation. And yes, modern CIOs are every day more able to take the risks and change from legacy and consolidate the journey for the customer. So, yes, we are expecting to unlock this vertical in Europe. Let's uh, let's just re, uh, reinforce, Julian, that we are collecting new wins, uh, compelling new wins like Hearst Corporation, like, uh, um, like uh, we didn't next, like uh, we, I, it's, it's, it's a momentum to be created. But we cannot think that this moment will explode. No, we are a consistent growth company. So the growth of the U.S. and Europe will take the moment to mature the brand, the delivery, the SIs, the ecosystem. So we are really proud. But also we need to be uh, kind of cautiously optimistic because retail all over the world has been a, a bumpy world. The interest rate's too high. There's a lot of uh, macro uncertainties. So what we can do is heads down in our operation and make the best product for our customers to drive and be like uh, cautiously optimistic for what is about to come. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. So the next question comes from a Freudland Mendes. And he's asking, among the incremental revenue sources coming from cross-selling and upselling, example, live shopping assistant, uh, which is the one that you see the largest potential? Is there a goal for cross-selling penetration for any of these solutions? Can this be offered for non-BTEX clients? Good, good question. So let me, let me go deep on this. Yes. As you know, we have a large client base around the world. And this solution can bring not only GMB for BTEX, but also to simplify the operation of our customers. So, for example, of live shopping solution, yes, we offer to BTEX clients, but also to clients that are not using BTEX. We have an amazing public example about Real Madrid and Adidas that they launched the new a jersey of Real Madrid by live shopping. Uh, we are seeing potential 
in all the solutions, uh, sales app, pick pack, and like shopping. There are different uh, angles they approach the e-commerce operation. But of course, with Pickpack, you will enable to expand the order management capability of Vitex. We can go from the uh, order to the picking and packing process. In the sales app, is to combine the operation of the brick and mortar stores with the online. So we have a potential, as we say, more than 90% of the operations are not yet running through Vitex. Amazing. Thank you so much. Our next question is from Franco Granda. He's, a, he's first saying congratulations on the Casino Grove win. So, when you look back at how long it took to get them to sign with you, how did it compare to when you signed your first customer in Mexico, for example, or some other countries uh, you've been expanding to? So, I can take this. Um Just uh, answering uh, Mendes and hi, Mendes. Um, just answering and compl- adding more uh, color to Santi's answer. Uh, the B2B, it's also a upsell for our B2C customer base. So you can consider uh, B2B uh, as we are already inside the client and we are these uh, modern front end for the legacy SAPs of uh, uh, their kind of uh, ERPs or SAPs, Oracles, whatever. Um, it is a natural a kind of expansion for our upselling. On the, um, on the, on the, sorry, Julia, could you remind me the the point I was with Mandy's question? <laughs> yes, so the main point is basically to look back on. Oh yeah, I got it. I got it. The, okay. the timeline of the clients. So and um, how it? Uh, what is our go to market? Um, we, we have, um, we divided the, the regions in four scales. First is, uh, discovery, validation, four stages. Discovery, validation, acceleration, and scale. And we have a KPI and unit of economics to be very disciplined executing each region in their own stage. So, uh, normally the unlock of a country comes after we have a lighthouse account. And yes, we you are right. Take long time, years, to have a lighthouse account. And once you have the lighthouse account, all the companies say, oh, they they might they might be a really good solution for our region. Uh, we do focus in five categories and uh this is how we validate a country. Uh, we go category by category, collecting logos and uh, ex- exposing our clients that are live and talking in, in our behalf. That's what we did here by bringing several clients to a, a New York exchange and allowing them to talk on our behalf, collecting their testimonials. That's how we create brand. Um, once we do have a one, two, three, four, five clients in these five categories, Yes, it is expected for a consistent growth, a little bit more accelerated than it was before. Are we already there with the U.S. and Europe? No. Very, very precise here. We are not. We need to go further and to conquer more anchors, more brands in the U.S. and uh, Europe for us to be a clear leader in those regions. We are not there yet. And yes, it is an ambition of our company 
to be a global leader for digital commerce platform. Okay, thank you very, very much. So the next question is going to be Rodrigo Casiolato. He's asking, in the past, when Vitex entered a new country and London lighthouse customers like Exito in Colombia or Sencosud in Chile, there was a fast acceleration within those countries. Do you believe the growth curve in France, U.S., and Mexico should be similar given the new client announcements? It's a wishful thinking, right? Um, of course, uh, we need to believe. That's why we work like um, heads down to conquer and deploy an amazing project. Um, Vitex is unique because our team of commerce specialists creates projects that are bringing us our reputation, that are creating us our reputation. You have uh, several clients, and we disclaim them, I think, uh, in the last uh, earnings call, no, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, um, in our, uh, investor, uh, material, how our clients, our logos are expanding from one country to more countries inside the same company. So, um, yes, of course we expect. Yes, of course we believe can unlock new, uh, kind of bright future, but we are really, really cautioned on how to be optimistic about it. Uh, we don't have yet the momentum that uh, we can say, oh, let's uh, migrate these countries to another stage of our playbook. Not yet. We do, we are having, we are collecting logos. Yes. Uh, as you know, the, the cases live are our main tool to communicate our brand. And uh, yes, you can expect consistent growth from Vitex uh, for the years to come, as we state in our message here. Great. Thank you very much. So time is up again. Uh, we are going to have now another 10 minutes break. We'll be right back with the next chapter on capital efficiency, history and future. Let's stretch your legs, grab a coffee. We'll be just back. Thank you. 
Welcome, welcome. We are now reaching to the end of our investor day. By the way, I was really enjoying the music. So let's go right into our last segment on capital efficiency and financial updates. Let's welcome Andre to the stage, please. Andre, the floor is all yours. Thank you, Julia. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure being here with you today to discuss the history and future of VTAX. Focus on our high growth and capital efficiency journey. I'll talk about the future of capital efficiency. However, to talk about the future, let's go back to the past to understand how we have been running VTAX, a company that since the beginning, we have continuously strived for excellence in capital efficiency. VTAX was founded in 2000 by Geraldo and Marianne with only $100,000 in investment. The main focus at that time and during the following eight years was to be a CRM for the Brazilian textile industry. As a side business, so that they could pay the bills and wages, they create some e-commerce websites in Brazil. In 2008, we encountered a turning point when we were entrusted with the task of building and delivering Walmart's Brazilian website with a challenging 10-month time frame. This project provided invaluable experience in developing an enterprise-level e-commerce platform, prompting us to pivot our strategy towards becoming a cloud e-commerce platform provider. In 2012, we got the first round of investment. Around $10 million was invested from Aspers. The funding was used to develop a multi-tenant cloud infrastructure and to start our expansion to Latin America where we got the first couple of clients in Argentina, Chile, Peru, Colombia, and Mexico between 2013 and 2015. In 2015, Hiverwood Capital acquired the NICEPRS shares without any primary investment. We had burning the $10 million investment in four years. In 2016, we ran out of cash. We took a loan for working capital so that we would be able to pay our hosting bills and other expenses. It was needed to become efficient because we didn't have an alternative that wouldn't dilute us at that time that is, was in the middle of the recession happening in Brazil. We reached 250 employees in 2014 and 15, but by 2016, we had adjusted the company to 107 employees. We made the necessary adjustments. We worked hard on working capital to be able to pass through the first half of the year, and in the second half, we changed the game. We ended 2016 with more than 20% in non-gap EBIT margin, and we grew revenue by more than 50%. From 2017 to 2019, we started accelerating investment again. Focus on expansion and product, but even with the increase in investment, we were able to generate cash, enough to pay dividends and to make some acquisitions. And in the period from 2017 to 2022, a five-year period, we increased the VTAX revenue by more than four times, from $39 million to $157.6 million. In 2019, we made the second round of investment, $40 million in primarily led by SoftBank. So in 2020, we made a decision to increase the investment or expansion to the United States and Europe. In September 2020, we secured another round of investments, $25 million in primary, led by Tiger Global. By the end of that year, our cash position was $75 million, the same value of all three rounds we made since 2012. 
We were able to achieve $100 million in ER with only $10 million invested in 2012. And we paid back in dividends, almost the same value. In 2021, we became a public company in the United States, entering a new phase of expansion and investment. In this new phase, we decided to invest more because the world had changed after the COVID period. We invested in all fronts, GNA, R&D, sales and market expenses. However, our journey has been challenged since then. The online demand generated by COVID pandemic and the microeconomic environment was not as strong as we were expecting. And one more time, just like in 2015, our alert signals indicated that we need to adjust the company. In June 2022, we made a layoff of a little bit more than 10% of the employees, and we implemented our efficient phase plan. We saw this challenge scenario as an opportunity. We came from Brazil. We grew up in a place with inflationary recession. We know how to adapt ourselves in this scenario. We did that, and we've been doing that. Focus on profitability. We adjust the company to be efficient in this scenario, but in a way that we retain our growth opportunity. We are a growth company. We we have a huge address for the market and opportunity, and we will go after that, but efficiently, as we've done in the past. Looking forward, we find ourselves guided by a vision deeply rooted in our past achievements. Our aim is to resume being a rule of four company, where revenue growth and the beach non-gap margin combine to exceed 40%. Today, I would like to explain how we intend to accomplish this. Let's start by examining the two facets of our business, the company serving our existing customer base and the one focused on acquiring new customers, as shared in our annual presentations. Analyze the P&L of our existing customer base. We can observe a health operation that generates cash, positive cash flow. Looking ahead, we anticipate further scalability in this aspect, accompanied by the dilution of GNA and R&D expenses. Our investment in GNA during the IPO have proven fruitful, with GNA expenses growing at a much slower pace than our revenue. We expect this trend to continue. Similarly, our expenses, though likely to increase, will do at a slow, lower rate than the revenue growth. Notably, our revenue growth in this P&L is reflected in the net revenue retention metric, historically between 105% to 115%. As a result, we anticipate that this P&L segment is aligned with the rule of 40 sooner than the overall company. Now turning our attention to the other P&L, we anticipate leverage the same efficiency in GNA and R&D. Our focus remains on maintaining the effectiveness of our sales operation as measured by the LTV to CAC rating. Why we aim to maintain a high LTV over CAC in regions where we are more established like Brazil and Latin America, we acknowledge that the need to lower ratios in our initial phase of expansion, such as the United States and Europe. Taking both P&L segments into account, we envision a return to our rule of four rules. Just as we were in the past, our targets for the next three to five years is clear to exceed the 40% threshold. It is important to note that while pursuing this object, objective, we remain committed to seasonal growth opportunities. Based on our trajectory and progress we have made, we have established margin expectations that align with our long-term goals to illustrate our aspirations 
Let's look how we envision our PNL a few years from now. Regarding subscription gross margin, we aim to achieve approximately 80%. This demonstrates our commitment to optimize our subscription offerings and providing exceptional customer value while maintaining a healthy margin. Looking at the overall gross margin, including services, we envision a range around 75 plus percent. This considers the ongoing enhancements in efficiency, expenses management, and value creation across our platform. On sales and market expenses, our target range is approximately 20 to 25 percent of the revenue. By efficiently allocating resources and leveraging our strong market positioning, we aim to strike a balance between driving customers' acquisition and managing expenses effectively. For R&D expenses, we anticipate a range around 20 to 25% as well. This reflects our ongoing commitment to innovation and continuous improvement of our platform, ensuring we meet the evolving needs of our customers and remain at the forefront of the industry. Regarding GNA expenses, we aim for a margin of approximately 10%. This showcases our dedication to streamline administrative functions and maintaining operational efficiency while providing the necessary support for our expanding operations. Finally, in terms of operating margin, we envision the range, a range of 20% or higher. This reflects our dedication to providing profitable growth while maintaining a strong financial foundations. By striving to achieve these margin expectations, we are confident to find the sweet spot for top-line growth optimization and sustainability of our business operation. We have made significant progress in improving our gross margin and streamlining our expenses, positioning us on the right track to realize these aspirations. In conclusion, our future is shaped by a strategic roadmap that leads us back to the rule of 40 by optimizing our existing customer base Maintaining efficient operations and embracing smart investment decisions, we are confident in our ability to achieve our targets. We have started this journey leveraging the lessons of our past, and we are excited by the opportunities that rely ahead of us. Together, we will pave the way for a prosperous future at Vitex. With that, I'll leave the stage to Ricardo to cover our financial updates. Thank you, André, and thanks to all investors that are here with us. It's a pleasure to tell you more about Vitax. In my presentation, I will share with you some financial updates. I will start with a quick recap of our revenue model and revenue mix. Then I will share updates on each of our five growth drivers. Okay, so let's start by recapping our revenue model. So as shown here in this slide, roughly one-third of our revenue comes from a fixed fee and two-thirds come from a take rate we have on our customer's GMV. This variable fee is a share success model we have with our customers, meaning that as our customer's GMV grows, our revenue grows. Uh, this pricing approach has been key in driving our growth, providing protection against inflation and positioning us to capitalize on the increasing adoption of e-commerce in an underpenetrated market. Going a little bit deeper into our pricing structure, our pricing tiers are basically a risk allocation decision by our customers. At one end of the spectrum, we offer a pricing tier with a low fixed fee of less than $10,000 per year, 
and a higher take rate of 2.5%. And on the other end of the spectrum, we offer pricing tier with a higher fixed fee of over $400,000 per year and a lower take rate of 0.5%. As our customers grow and increase their confidence in their digital commerce operation, they can up tier when that happens. Our price table is designed to reduce the total cost of ownership on a percentage of GMV basis, while at the same time, it increases the absolute dollar amount they pay to VTAX. This ensures a net revenue retention above 100%, which is ingrained in our business model. Our fixed fee uh, portion is typically charged in hard currency, except for Brazil, where we charge in Brazilian reais. And we adjust the fixed fee portion annually by inflation. Moving on to our revenue mix. Uh, so our revenue mix is well diversified across segments. Also, we have no over-reliance on any single customer. In fact, our biggest customers represents only 3% of our total revenue, demonstrating the healthy customer-based dilution. Most of our revenue comes from customers that have been with us for more than three years. That's because our churn has been pretty stable. Uh, over these past years uh, in the mid-single-digit percentage of revenue uh, per year range, uh, which demonstrates the stickiness of the relationship we have with our customers. Okay, so after this quick recap, let's talk about our growth levers. As mentioned by Geraldo at the beginning of the Investor's Day, VTEX has five key growth avenues. These avenues will help us drive revenue growth and strengthen our market position. We are going to go deeper in each one of these, but before that, let me make some quick comments. Uh, first, we grow by adding new customers. In an underpenetrated market of only 12% e-commerce penetration in LATAM, with attractive unit economics of over six times LTV over CAC, and sticky customer relationships, this is a very attractive growth lever for VTEX. Second, given that two-thirds of our revenue comes from a take rate we have on our customers' GMV, we grow by helping our customers increase their GMV. Third, we also grow by innovating and expanding our platform. For example, with the product launches Renata mentioned earlier today. Fourth, we are also expanding globally. As mentioned by Mariano and Santiago, in 2022, 35% of our revenue came from Latam X Brazil and 10% from the rest of the world. But just three years ago, only 24% was coming from Latam X Brazil and 5% from the rest of the world. Fifth and final, we have a strong ecosystem plugged into VTEX that generates a significant spinning wheel effect for us. We are not focused on meaningfully monetizing this ecosystem right now as we don't want to introduce friction into this spinning wheel but this could be a meaningful growth lever in the medium to long term. Okay, with that, let's uh, dive deeper into uh, each one of these growth levers. On the first growth avenue, expanding to new customers, new logo additions reflect our investments in sales and marketing, sales efficiency, successful customer cases, and brand reputation. For example, here you can see some logos that we added since our IPO. Expanding on this growth lever, we have been successful at gaining traction We need larger enterprise customers that generate more than $250,000 per year in revenue. We have grown from having only 18 of these customers in our base in 2017 to having 58 by 2020 and 94 by 2022. 
And it is interesting to see that our larger customers perform better than the average. They have a lower annual churn in the low single-digit range and have higher same-source sales performance, as presented on the chart on the right. For instance, in 2022, VTech same-source sales was 17%, while this segment grew same-source sales more than 20%. Let me use the hook of faster same-source sales and GMV growth to move on to our next growth lever, our existing customers' growth. Let me make this more tangible by presenting some case studies of how some of our top customers are expanding their operations and growing with us. So starting with Motorola. Uh, Motorola, a renowned global technology company, is an interesting case of one brand expanding with us globally. They started their journey with us in 2017 in Brazil. And if you fast forward five years, in 2022, they operated 19 countries with us in Latin America, North America, Europe, and Asia. During this period, Motorola uh, GMV increased by more than 10 times, roughly three-quarters of that driven by their operations growing organically in each country and the remainder by expanding with us to new countries. These strong organic growth and the rapid global expansion demonstrate Motorola's confidence in VTAC's capability to support their growth objectives and to deliver seamless customer experiences. Now let's move on to Grupo Soma, a B3-listed multi-brand fashion retailer. This is an interesting case of one customer expanding their portfolio of brands with us over time. So Grupo Soma started their journey with Vitex in 2017, launching their online operations for Foxton brand. And then if you fast forward five years in 2022, they were operating 11 brands with us, including Herring that was acquired and migrated from a legacy digital commerce platform to Vitex. From 2018 to 2022, Grupo Soma increased their GMV with Vitex by more than five times, also roughly three-quarters driven by organic growth of each brand post its Vitex launch. It's also interesting to note that Grupo Soma connected over 900 physical stores into the Vitex platform, enabling them to do true omnichannel operations. Okay, so let's move on to Senkosud, one of Latin's largest retailers. Senkosud is an interesting combination of country expansion as well as brand expansion with us. Uh, so Senkosud started their journey with us in 2015 in Colombia and Peru with their Wong brand. Fast forward to 2022, Senkosud was operating in five countries with us, including Brazil most recently, and 11 brands. From 2018 to 2022, Senkosud increased their GMV by almost 10 times, most of it coming from organic growth of each operation, but a significant portion uh, coming from adding new countries and new brands as well. So we started with some case studies to make it more tangible, but zooming out uh, to our top 100 customers, we see a broader picture. Expanding within our existing customer base is a valuable opportunity for us that is not restricted to the case uh, I just mentioned. As you can see on this slide, our top 100 customers increase their geographies and number of stores per customers, resulting in our annual recurring revenue with these customers tripling in five years. By entrenching our relationship with these customers, 
we can drive further growth and capitalize on our ambition to become the backbone of digital commerce. As presented in the case studies, our existing customers are growing their GMV significantly over time and outperforming the market. Omnichannel is one of the key drivers of this GMV growth and market overperformance. Collaborative commerce as a percentage of our total GMV is steadily increasing, and Omnichannel plays a key role in this trend. Most of our new product launches are connected with this strategic approach, allowing us to provide seamless customer experiences across various channels. When looking at our base at the time of the IPO, the GMV coming from collaborative commerce was more than 10% of our overall GMV. If you fast forward to the first quarter of 2023, it represented already more than 35%, a significant increase in penetration in only two years. During this period, our GMV from fiscal store integrations has almost tripled, resulting in top-line acceleration for our customers. Okay, now let's move on to our third growth vector, innovating and expanding our platform. Our new product launches covered by Renata earlier today uh, aim to expand our addressable market, increase our customers' GMV, and start monetizing our ecosystem. Further expanding on each product, uh, if we start with the VTAC sales app and VTAC personal shopper, they aim to expand our reach into fiscal store sales by providing a seamless mobile app experience for customers and personalized shopping assistance. Uh, and then with that, we may capture additional GMV and increase our customers' same-source sales. And these, in turn, could lead to a higher GMV and more revenue for Vitex, as we have, you know, a revenue share success model. Then, pick and pack and the shipping network. They aim to expand our addressable market by supporting our customers with asset-light fulfillment software. Pick and pack should mostly help us with our GMV growth, while shipping network could help us with a slight take rate increase over time. Lastly, the extensions hub. They play a crucial role in expanding our connected ecosystem and potentially incrementally increasing our take rate. The VTEX platform serves as a distribution channel for third-party developers to our more than 2,600 customers, and the extensions hub may help us monetize this channel. Now, on our fourth growth lever, expanding to new markets. As mentioned by Mariano, we have a disciplined go-to-market strategy. At the beginning, we typically experience a lower win rate, and most of our commercial leads are brought uh, by VTEX to the by the VTEX sales team, which, of course, operates with a lower LTV over CAC. Then, as we advance, we start building success cases and brand awareness, and our efficiency improves. As we evolve from discovery to scale phase, we become a commerce ecosystem. And as an ecosystem, we start to get nearly half of our leads from the ecosystem, which helps on our top of the funnel commercial efforts. And additionally, we improve our win rates, which helps on our bottom of the funnel sales efficiency. By optimizing our efficiency metrics, and leveraging the ecosystem's potential, we can achieve sustainable growth and expand our market presence in strategic and uh, scalable manner. However, generating more leads from the ecosystem is not something that can be achieved overnight. We need to consider the various stages involved in driving top-line acceleration from our investments. 
from starting a relationship with a customer and participating in RFP to the customer being implemented and fully ramped up, it takes nearly two years. So building success cases and reference customers takes time because of this long feedback loop of nearly two years. To demonstrate how this evolves over time, we would like to present our expansion journey in LATAM as a reference point for our international expansion efforts. As you can see in this slide, building a solid position in LATAM took us several years. It is important to note that our international expansion began roughly six years after we expanded into LATAM, ex-Brazil. Therefore, we are currently at a different stage in this new endeavor. However, as you can see in this slide, we are witnessing similar trends and reaching comparable performance levels in a comparable time frame. We remain committed to maintaining discipline in our approach and investing resources strategically in alignment with the metrics uh, previously disclosed by, by Santiago. And currently, we are already starting to see results. Today, we had the pleasure of announcing Hearst and hearing from Bidu Counter and Casino who share why they selected our platform. As Brazil and LATAM continue to grow, we expect them to be able to support our investments in our international expansion. And as our international expansion evolves, we will start showing better overall efficiency metrics. Finally, on our growth avenues, the fifth one, the ecosystem development. Our ecosystem has over 3,000 integrated solutions offering an extensive range of customization options to our customers. This robust ecosystem ensures that our customers have seamless access to multiple providers, including payment gateways, fraud prevention services, shipping solutions, among others. And the ecosystem continues to expand our as this ecosystem continues to expand, our customers reap the benefits of increased flexibility and choice. Here you can see some of the partnerships that we have signed since our IPO, showcasing the dynamic and ever-evolving nature of our collaborative efforts. We believe that as the ecosystem grows, customers gain access to a broader range of tailored solutions. Partners enjoy increased exposure and revenue opportunities, and Vitex strengthens its position as a leading digital commerce platform, a win-win-win scenario for everyone. Now, to finalize, let's revisit our target model presented by André. By executing these five growth levers and demonstrating the operational leverage of our business model, we see the path to be a rule of 40 company. As mentioned by Fernando, we have been delivering substantial subscription gross margin improvement, and we see the opportunity to continue improving. And as mentioned by André, although expenses will increase in nominal amounts, they will reduce as a percentage of revenue given our operational leverage and efficiency focus. We have already clearly demonstrated these two initiatives in the second half of 2022. In the end, this approach will enable us to reach a non-gap operating income margin of 20% or more while we're still growing fast and staying above the rule of 40. We are a team of commerce specialists and we are confident that with a clear vision for the future and the initiatives that we have in place, we are well positioned to deliver sustainable growth while also delivering profitability. With that, let me pass it back over to Julia. Thank you, everyone. 
Thank you, Ricardo. And to all our last segment presenters, I cannot believe you're about to end this event. Let's go to the last 15 minutes Q&A. Please type your question on the Q&A tab at the bottom right side of the screen. So, the first question comes from Christian Faria. First, he says, congratulations on the event to the whole team. Thank you, Christian. I have just one question. What is the contribution of the customers announced today to achieve the company's 2023 growth guidance? Thank you, Christian, for the congratulations, and uh, thank you for being here with us uh, during all this, this period. I mean, it has been a pleasure for us to deliver this event for, for you all, and hopefully it's helpful. Uh, on your question, so these new customers that are announced today, uh, they are just being implemented, and it's, uh, as I mentioned in my presentation, uh, the, the sales cycle, implementation cycle, ramp-up time, you know, it's all something that we have to consider. So they don't have a meaningful uh, uh, contribution for the short-term 2023. I mean, they help us a little bit, but their contribution will come later, uh, more in 2024. And also, as a reference customer, they could help us, you know, to uh, uh, have a, a, a more expansion into uh, the United States and, and Europe as well. So it's not really about the 2023 uh, growth guidance. It's more about uh, the long-term and the, the potential that they bring to us. Amazing. Thank you so much. Next question is from Lucas Chavez. So how should we see the EBITDA margin evolution in the midterm, especially considering the existing source margin? If you could please give us an update on that figure too, please. Should we look at existing stores margin close to 22%? I can take this one, Julia. Thank you. Thank you, Lucas, for the question. So uh, just to recap, uh, all the measure, all the metrics that I showed was uh, EBITDA uh, margin and non-gap, uh, not EBITDA. Uh, however, in the VTAX, Beachy and Beachda is really close, uh, because we don't capitalize, uh, R&D. Okay. So consider the, 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 uh, what I, I showed up about the, the, the future of VTAX. And I'm, I'm talking about between three to five years. And that's the intention. And, uh, the, 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 the company with this metric, with this BT, uh, non-gap, uh, margin. It's outside this from three to five years, but we don't have a, a plan like uh, next year or other year, the, the evolution of that. But talking about now the existing store margin and, um, and now I'm talking about the existing store, uh, margin in the future. Okay. In that future, you can, uh, you have to consider it as we usually shows in our annual presentation that the sales and market expenses to keep the current base of customers is really low compared to the sales market expenses to attract new customers. So it's expected if we are uh, aimed to have higher than 20% in the beach margin in the future, we're going to have a much higher margin in the same base of customers uh, in, in, in this company uh, in the future. I hope I answer your question. Okay. Perfect. Thank you, André. Now, uh, Marcelo Santos. What is the road time frame to reach the more or less 20% operating margin level? Uh, Marcelo, thanks for, for the question. Uh, there is no specific time frame. This is, as we mentioned, our target model. But uh, I would say that we are 
we would expect, you know, reaching these in, in a few years, you no, know, maybe a handful of years. Uh, but uh, we are working very hard. And as we mentioned in the presentation, you can already see significant improvement in the second half of 2022 and also in the first quarter of 2023. Uh, but that's the, the general uh, guideline I would, I would mention here. Amazing. Thank you so much. So next question is from Clark Jeffries. Very helpful to see the mix of direct versus ecosystem attribution for new leads. In terms of winning new brands today, do scale markets still make up the majority of the overall logo growth? Or how material are discovery markets to logo growth? Hi, Clark. Uh, great to hear from you. Great, great question. Uh, so, uh, the markets that we are at scale right now, uh, basically, you know, Brazil, uh, Colombia, uh, they, they do have a, a relevant uh, representation of our overall uh, revenue. So they do bring, you know, a considerable amounts of uh, new customers to us. So they continue to grow. For example, if we go back to 2022, uh, the overall company grew at like mid 20s percent year over year. And Brazil grew just, uh, below that, still in the 20s percent. So Brazil continues to grow in a, in a nice space and continue to bring, you know, uh, uh, uh the, majority of the, the, the new logos, right? Now, if we look at the uh, new markets, they are growing much faster, right? Like uh, the in 2022, the, the rest of the world, which is basically U.S. and Europe, grew almost 50% year over year, and they are adding uh, uh, logos, right? So we are mentioning today um, the announcement of uh, Beauty Counter, Casino, Hearst, you know, all of these contribute to the rest of the world to continue growing, uh, uh, going forward, right? Now, uh, they are coming from a smaller base, right? So when you think about number of customers, like in, in, in amount of customers, uh, the, we still have more additions coming from, uh, uh, scaled markets for us, like Brazil and Colombia, than from, uh, these new markets. Perfect. Thank you so much. Let's go to Tiago Skapulski's question. Hi, guys. Hi, Tiago. <laughs> A follow-up from the previous questions. The existing versus new stores model is great because it makes it easier to compare to other global software companies. Today, 85% of revenues are existing and 15% new, according to your disclosure, if I understood it right. In the longer term, what would be the mix of existing versus new in other words, what would be the mix you consider when finding the plus 20% added margin in your algorithm? Good question, Thiago. Thank you for the question. So look at in the future, we are, everything depends on the demands that we are seeing, the phase that we are. For, for example, you can, in five years from now, in, in, in a really good time in the United States and invest more and say in, in the, the, the sales is a really good LTV over CAC ratio. So we're going to invest much more because we are seeing the growth opportunity happening in the United States and Europe. So, uh, if this happening, uh, you're going to see, uh, uh, for sure an EBIT much lower because we are investing a lot in sales and market expenses to attract new customers in that new, in the PNL of attracting new customers. So, uh, consider that. Probably we're going to have an EBIT even lower than 20%. However, the growth is going to be much, much higher. But we are uh, in, in the rule of 40. That, that's, I think that's the message here. 
is that we will not uh, aim the 20% EBITDA, but we're going to aim to have a, a company in the future over the, the rule of 40. So we will not, uh, uh, will not, uh, uh, we, we will not go for margin, uh, instead of go for growth. Okay. So, uh, we don't have, uh, an opinion right now. How, how would be, uh, the new customers PNL and the current uh, customers PNL in five years from now? But what, we have uh, here and we and our focus here is that in three to five years we for sure are gonna be oh, a rule for a company. That's the, the mindset. Okay, so. perfect. Thank you so much, Andre. Next question is from Rodrigo Casiolato Fonseca. Could you comment about difference in profitability of operations Latin versus US and Europe, not only related to maturity scale, but also if there is any reason to believe there should be long-term structural differences? Hi, Rodrigo. Great question. Uh, so I can take this one, Andrea, feel free to chime in. Uh, so starting from the end, uh, we don't see any material or structural differences uh, in this market that would make us to see, you know, a, a different level of margin of profitability. Uh, obviously, when you look at the U.S. market, we have much larger customers, and that's very helpful for you to get uh, scale. So that, uh, that helps. But as you see from our customer base, we also have some of the, the largest retailers uh, in Brazil and in, in Latin America. So we have that type of uh, scale uh, as well. And uh, if we look at the average ticket size uh, from different countries, they do vary a little bit, but not that much. Uh, we can support customers locally. And so like our gross margin, when we think about the gross margin, it doesn't change that much from country to country. Of course, there's some variation, but it's not, you know, meaningfully uh, different. So, uh, you know, on a Steady state type of stage, uh, we don't see, uh, the, the different countries with different, significantly different margin profiles. But we do see the maturity of each country as having a significant impact in the margin because the more in the early stage a country is, like uh, in the discovery phase, let's say, you don't have a lot of existing customers in that country, but you are going after adding new customers. And the sales efficiency is lower in the beginning, and the sales efficiency increases over time, right? So you have a much lower margin in the discovery phase, and then as we evolve through, you know, discovery, uh, uh, validation, acceleration, and when you reach the scale phase, then the margin is completely different, much, much better margins, right, much higher. Uh, so that's how it works. Uh, and right now, I mean, we are, you know, uh, seeing – the level of the, the maturity that we have in Brazil and some countries in Latam as, you know, a source of funds for us to invest in this international expansion. And as the international expansion gets more mature, the overall efficiency of the company will, will increase. Amazing. Super clear. Thank you so much, Ricardo. The final question is from Clark Jeffries. He asks, what kind of growth rates do your oldest Brazilian cohorts still grow at? Given approximately 54% of revenue is from three-plus-year-old cohorts, fair to say even well-established cohorts grow at similar rates to overall net retention rates? 
Yeah, Clark, great, great question. Uh, we still see old cohorts like in Brazil. So the more, you know, uh, 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 long relationships that we have growing at a decent uh, pace. I mean, of course, there is variation depend customer by customer. But if you do a group by cohort, we still see uh, old customers growing at a, at a nice pace. Uh, we uh, we do disclose cohorts uh, on an annual basis. So you can see that how, how that's evolving. Uh, we disclose it uh, on on uh, revenue basis. Uh, and we don't disclose it on GMV, but I, I showed today in a few slides how, you know, the GMV of some of our customers evolve over time. And you can see that there's some very interesting cases there. Uh, so on a GMV basis, obviously the, the cohorts, the old cohorts grow even faster than on the revenue basis because, you know, as, as we know, uh, the, the revenue model is roughly one third fixity and two thirds take rate. So only roughly two thirds of the GMV growth uh, flows into the revenue growth uh, of these cohorts. So, you know, by taking a look at the uh, cohorts that we give disclosure on an annual basis uh, based on revenue, you can type of try to extrapolate how that could look like on a GMV basis. But, yes, they, they continue to grow at a, at a good pace. Amazing. So... I have a bit and sour feeling as I enjoy so much this event that it reached to its end. I hope you enjoyed today's Investor Day session and found it informative and engaging. Before closing up, I would like to ask Geraldo to step up once again to share some final words. Yes, Judith, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. <clears throat> I, I, I'm very happy. I you know like we did. We, we, we brought some customers in, in the New York Stock Exchange and we, we opened the bell. And this is a pink day for the financial market. We, and at NASDAQ, there was the bell for Barbie debut. So it's in New York Stock Exchange and Barbie on the other stock exchange. Good, good coincidence. And but you know, like in conclusion, Vitek is that at the forefront of accelerating commerce transformation. Uh, we are empowering brands, as you can see uh, today, to connect with their consumers, providing customization and speed to market through our composable commerce technology. We're driving network effects for our strong ecosystem with our financial uh, solid financial performance global expansion, and relentless focus on innovation, we're very well positioned to capture the massive opportunity in the e-commerce market. So thank you very much for joining us today. Join us in this journey. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us today and our management team who always inspire us for all the time and commitment. We appreciate your continued support and belief in our mission. Have a wonderful day ahead. You may now disconnect. Bye.